All right, guys, you're very welcome along to Heartlines. This is Shane, and this is episode 77. Now, I wanted to bookend it now with uh, another former colleague of mine who's doing her thing out in Rebel City Distillery. Uh, so it's the beverage industry. It is the episode 10 of my beverage season. And it's the one and only Roisin Barry. How are you doing, Roisin? What's up? How are we getting on? All right. It's a long time no see, but uh, let's get into it. Uh, so for people who don't know uh, Roisin, uh, Roisin, where are you from, Roisin? So I hail from Cork, uh, very, very proudly, uh, born and bred. Uh, so Cork in Glenthorne, which is kind of east of the city. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Cork. That's it. That's all you, that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, are, you, are you a city slicker or are you, are you from the country? Uh, so the country people would call me a city slicker, but the city slicker people would call me a country of kind of a no man's land. Okay. I would call it more rural, but not rural enough that the the country people think I'm rural, if that makes sense. But if a cow, a cow is my neighbor, I'll put it that way. Uh, that's pretty country. That's pretty country. Uh, that's pretty country. <laughs> Although I'm not too far away from the like, I'm I'm out in Lucan, so I'm, I'm I was out in Newcastle there, and that's pretty country. It's out out by like Dublin slash Wicklow, so that mm. can be country. But where I'm at, I'm is kind of more sub suburb. But yeah, no, yeah. I think if you have a cow as your neighbor, I think it's pretty country, Roshan. I think it's pretty country. <laughs> but you but you moved since when you moved down, you moved back from Dublin. Um, down to I did yeah no I moved actually so now I'm in Middleton uh, where Middleton distillery is so oh, I can nice. it, it's quite nice so I'm I'm up kind of on a hill and I can look down on the distillery so like you can see the whole town of Middleton and all of the lights at night all the street lights you'd see them shining and then all of a sudden it goes dark and that's where all the warehouses are so uh, you can just be like oh there's all the whiskey sitting there nicely now and uh kind of funny i'm like I'll, I'll be the first one out to know if there's a fire so i can, I can learn <laughs> <laughs> so like again we're talking about the beverage industry um and i've worked with you before but like how did you first get into the beverage industry in like when, uh, starting out? um so it was absolutely a fluke um i was yeah. working um i went to new zealand with three of my best friends and we were driving around in a camper van and we were like so we went to New Zealand when it was going into their winter so we left here in March and it was going into their winter and we were getting quite cold in the camper van and uh, we decided we would set up shop and we'd look for a place to do a work away so a work away for anyone who's never heard of it is where you you know you you get invited to live somewhere and then in exchange for food and for board you like work like three days a week or something for them so we found a vineyard and it was called Akarangi Wines. So Akarangi is Maori for uh, uh, Vines of the Gods and had a little church as their tasting room. And we worked there. So we did absolutely every aspect of the winemaking. So we were inspecting grapes. We were tasting grapes. Um, we bottled, we labelled. Um, everything was very old school because very small family run vineyard as well. It was like really immersive experience. And like, you know, got to know the family, had wine with them every night. And it was brilliant. We end, we were meant to only stay there for a month. We ended up staying there much longer than that, even uh, over three months. And um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. I was just like, how is this? Like, how, how did people do this? Uh, like yeah. years and years ago, like how is it that every single country found a way to make alcohol? I just think it's fascinating. So that kind of got me hooked on it. So once that, uh, once I was gone from New Zealand, I had the plan to, uh, to apply for the graduate program. I had a friend on it. So yeah, that's how I kind of 
got into it anyway. And what did you learn about wine you didn't know before? So I remember I had a winery. I had a winery on from Wicklow. What did, in Ireland we don't make kind of grape wine. He makes we make uh, they make uh, blueberry and strawberry wine. So what mm, did you what did yeah. you learn about wine that you didn't know? That was like a wow moment for you. Now this might not be true for all vineyards, but this okay. one was very very small. So when we were cutting the grapes, um, like. Bugs live in grapes. Like, it's just fact. <laughs> you know, bugs live in everything. Um, So it was very funny. Like, you know, like, obviously there was a certain amount of, like, rushing through the, the grapes to make sure, like, you know, you'd be going through spiders' nests yeah. and moths and bugs of all types. But a lot of it kind of just goes in. So you're really? Just like, squash it in? Yeah, you're just kind of like, well, that's going in the bucket. If they don't get out by the time we're, like, stripping the vines out, then you're in yeah. the wine. Like, so it's kind of a... <laughs> a wow moment so uh your your wines might not be vegetarian lads. <laughs> <laughs> add some texture <laughs> add some texture exactly there was a there was an old uh old children's rumor i don't know is it true about skittles when we were younger that skittles the crunch was because they used beetles and that was like beetles outer shells so i, I don't know is that not. true if someone can fact that fact check that I, i'm gonna google that now <laughs> oh my god really jesus that's I, what I, gives I, skittles the crunch I, I, I love Skittles. Yeah, I had Skittles. They last don't night. think it's true. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> if it is, well then, ah, look. Yeah, they're sweet anyway, so it kind of hides the the the, the kind of the shell of the the beetle. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it to be honest. I'll still eat Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long were you in uh, New Zealand for? Did you do anything else in New Zealand? We just was. It, how long was the the um time on the uh the winery? Okay. So I uh so I was there. So in New Zealand total, I was there for a year. I was in the. Cool. the been here for four or five months yeah. and then then I went home um I renewed my visa I got a BUNAC visa um if anyone has ever heard of them you're just you pay a fork load of money for an extra year and you have to promise 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 that you won't try and stay for longer um so that's what I did and I only stayed uh four months or six months or something the second time I think it was four or five months the second time I went and um then I was I was happy to come home I was home for Christmas that year and I was very much happy to kind of come home and be settled and, um, you know, kind of stay in Ireland. But then I like, you know, for, for a while. But then I uh, I was in the middle of applying for the graduate program with Jemison. And yeah. I was through the first round of interviews and a friend of mine who worked with Tullamore Jew over in the US. Uh, she had helped me with my application. She knew I was interested in it. And she had said to me, you should apply for Tullamore Jew when it's open, just in case you don't get Jemison. Yeah. And I was like, oh, absolutely, let me know. And then she got on to me saying, so I'd come home at Christmas, and this was uh, late January. And she said, we've got an opening for Tullamore Jew. Would you like to apply? So then uh, end of February, I was off to... Uh, I was off to the States then, and I was, I was, I was straight, straight into it again. So starting off, setting up shop in a new country with a with a new job and a new brand and everything so it was all in <laughs> straight in because there's so much you i know like um they have a big footprint in the states like did we have like brand ambassadors everywhere around the world like jemison would do no not as many like as in okay. all over the states they used to have um ambassadors um they had some in the uk and ireland they they had a global ambassador um john quinn who's absolutely lovely lovely man um so he was doing um a, a lot in south america so he could he could speak spanish fluently so he did a lot of south america he did a bit of europe he was like the global ambassador yeah and uh they'd have they'd have a few people um kind of who would do visits i think to to different markets but um 
not specific for every country, as far as I remember. And where did you where did you end up with Tullamore I went to Ohio. So uh, Ohio is kind of if you if you know where Chicago is, Ohio is if we're talking like counties, it's kind of like one down to the right. <laughs> so it's very close. But uh it's still about a five and a half hour drive. From Chicago. Yeah, from Chicago. Nice. All straight flat cornfield roads. <laughs> <laughs> well, corn, yeah, really. a little corn. Pretty much. What was it like when you first went over, like to your to start start working there? Like, is quite different, I'd say, from working, you know, in as a brand ambassador, I say, here in Ireland. Absolutely, yeah. Um, like it was, it was amazing. Like it was like such a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity, and I'm so happy I got to experience it. It was, it really kind of um. It helps you gain a lot of independence and kind of hold a lot of responsibility while also having support networks. But it was great in the sense that like I was technically like I was I was the brand ambassador for the for the whole state. So I wasn't just based in one city. I was, I was traveling between them all. So you kind of have to build connections with numerous accounts or bars um, and organize marketing with them, events with them, try to boost their sales and then work with, like, you know, with the sales teams as well. So it was like it, it was kind of great because I I loved all aspects of it but it's great idea to kind of be like here's kind of a feel for everything and then you might know what you kind of like more do you like sales more are you more sales focused are you more marketing you brand building Mm. or do you love being at events do you like being in the center of it and trying to you know immerse people with the brand and the experience so it was a little bit of everything and it was brilliant loved it and whereabouts in in Ohio were you based was it Cleveland or uh, Columbus. Columbus, okay. Is that capital? Yeah, so, is, it? is it which? Is that the capital? It is, yeah, yeah. So the um Columbus would be kind of in the middle. It was it was it made a lot of sense to be in Columbus because if I was in Cleveland or if I was in Cincinnati, which are the other two big cities, um, it would be it was only a two and a half hour drive from Columbus to both of those cities. It was in yeah. the middle. But if I was in Cincy or if I was in um Cleveland, it would have been a four hour drive to get to the next city. So it just made sense to put me in the middle and build from a kind of a city that didn't have as much of a, a presence um of Tullamore Dew. So it was good. And did you like you were driving around everywhere, were you? You went flying from uh no no I was driving driving most places yeah so it was um it was nice having have the the old company car it was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> did you have? Did Tried you to get have... a Mustang they said no. No uh, you, you didn't have, you didn't have a, a big <laughs> like an eight liter engine like a Hummer or something now. Yeah exactly. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I remember one time um they didn't have the car that I kind of like uh, I'd ordered for the month, and they gave me like this big like oh, I was it was a, the only way I can describe it was it was like as if a child had drawn a car and had a very vague idea what shape a car could be. It was a box, like it was a rectangle with wheels. I was just like, what? I'm not, I'm not driving that. Like I'm not showing up to bars, <laughs> trying to be the cool Irish ambassador for a cool Irish whiskey and showing up in that abomination. I was like, what else do you have? Uh, they, they sorted me out all right but uh, it was just funny it was like not this anything but this so your hope was in Columbus so you would have went to like bars like like from the start of the day till the end of the day you'd be traveling around going to different bars or you'd have events to go to or was, was it like what was the kind of, bit of both yeah you kind of manage your own schedule so like it would be kind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday it would be kind of the, the, the admin days to kind of meet like the bar owners and the managers to kind of see where are we at? What what can we do? What event can we organize? What menu can we put out? Like, can we put Tullamore Dew on this menu for spring or whichever? But then you're kind of then after that, like the evenings, you could event any evening of the week. So it was very much up to you yourself to manage your own like events, like make sure you're kind of not overworking yourself, but also that you are out and about enough. 
um to kind of be out and doing your own events and be, being with the people <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 representing representing exactly. <laughs> how long how long did you stay in the role for how long were you in the role for so I was there for a year and a half. The first year was absolutely brilliant. Loved it. And the uh, last six months was uh, COVID. So oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't right. ideal. Yeah. And it was gas. I remember we got the call. COVID was like we'd gone into like the first like two week lockdown. And we had a team's call with all the other ambassadors and our brand managers and all that. And then uh, the brand manager was like, yeah, lads, like it's not looking good. Like some people are saying this could last until June. And I remember like, oh, what? that's such an exaggeration like this is going to be over before we know like little did I know like um but I think like I probably if I'd known it would have been so long I would have just come home I wouldn't have stayed um because the role like obviously like they, they had to manage their own budgets and things like that so like I was still like getting paid my annual salary but like the the budgets to to help the bars and stuff to like go out and you know, do spends and stuff they were no longer there so like I, I could work in kind of just on social media and try to promote it that way or go out myself and be be at the bars and stuff but that was kind of about it so yeah it was it was a tough tough last six months just because then you also I also realized how flat Ohio was <laughs> um, there weren't too many hikes and stuff to do but um because uh yeah it's tough tough last six months what did you uh what did you find that Ohio like that you didn't know beforehand? I'm sure you like you done a bit of research to, just to so say what the lay of land was like when you went. So the first thing I found out about Ohio was it has it's it's some figure like this it has the highest amount of serial killers in the states <laughs> or something like that. It was something mad or like disappearances or something like that. Um, so it wasn't the most uh, comforting thing to know before we went over. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, other than that, no, I'm going to listen. Um, I heard Midwest is best, that they're the friendliest people and nothing could be more true. They were the, they were honestly the loveliest people, all of them. They were so, so nice, so welcoming. Did you get behind the sports teams? Was it, well, the Indians at the time, uh, what else? There's obviously the, the Cavs, who else? There was the Buck, uh, Buckeye State, there was, uh, State, yeah. but uh, yeah, baseball was a little bit too slow for me and American football had a little bit too many, too too much ads for me to like. There were too many breaks in between natural sports that I was just like, I'm just getting into it, and now they're having for an ad again. Yeah, but, yeah, that's a break time. That's yeah, that's that's just for me though. Um, but the the hockey is unbelievable. My team is just down the road there in in Missouri, St. Louis Blues. It's my team. Go Blues. Blue Jackets was the hockey. Jeez. Yeah, I know sports, but like, geez, I don't play sport. Like, did you play sport growing up, uh, Roshan? I did. I loved sport. I played absolutely anything I could get my hands on. I loved hurling. I loved uh, soccer. I loved uh, Gaelic football. I loved badminton as well. Jeez, yeah. Badminton yeah. was great. Yeah, I loved badminton. Badminton is uh, a, a, a unique sport because, well, I play badminton, but like my friends will play badminton to a high level. It's one of these sports that, like, what age do you start learning playing badminton? I know you need to be quite young because there's, there's, there's lots of steps and movements you need to learn. And it's not like tennis, um, but, you know. I So I played tennis when I was younger. Okay. And then moved from tennis to like hurling and ga and soccer and all that. Yeah. Um. But then, uh, we joined. This is hilarious. Um. This we joined badminton because all the boys in our class had joined badminton at the age of like thirteen or twelve. Twelve, I think we were. So we wanted to like hang out with the boys. So they'd all been doing badminton. So we all joined badminton, and then it turned out we were quite good because we played hurling. So we had a heavy, heavy swing. So it was great. Mm. You need that, you do, because like it's such a it's such a fast paced sport. 
and mm. like tennis you can't let, let that shot clock drop because no. it does start again. Out the gap. Yeah. <laughs> out the gap. Lost the point. Lost the point. Don't like to see anymore. <laughs> out the gap. Yeah, yeah. And then, okay, so what uh, Tullamore Jews lost was, well, when I first met you, when I met you. So how did you, how did you fall into uh, working with myself so i so it was still the midst of the pandemic when i came home from uh, america so mm. i did get a job when the the kind of the market opened up again they were letting people work in various aspects so i got a sales role door to door in in sales sense uh, which was uh, good fun, but I just kind of felt I was just like, this isn't for me. So I ended up quitting that job and then focusing solely on music, which I'd always wanted to focus my time on. I was like, I'll do this. I'll build this up while I'm waiting for the market to come back and I'll go back into the uh, spirits industry. So spent about six months on that and um, got stuff recorded, started getting demos done and like building up my own brand. And then the world was opening back up and I was like, great, ready to go back and be a grown up and get a, get a job. <laughs> Uh, while still getting the music uh, off the ground. So um, I found a job in Dublin as a craft ambassador for Jefferson and I applied and I got the job and I was absolutely delighted. I moved up to Dublin, little Cork girl, and uh, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved my time in Dublin. Like felt like one of the family from the very moment I walked in. It was the most welcoming team I've ever experienced and I absolutely loved it. Um, Doing the tours, doing the blending classes, um, meeting everyone. It was just the lovely, lovely year, and I love Dublin. So uh, I'm no, I know I'm not meant to say that as a Cork person, but I love Dublin. But not as not as much as Cork, though, of course. Not not as much as Cork, <laughs> that, that'd be hard uh, to say. You know, I'm sure, it's, it's it's pretty good. Like you know, thing is like Dublin just has its weight in gold for um for gigs. Like you know, it could be like, oh geez, what's on on a Wednesday? Swedish House Mafia, let's go, mm. or like gorillas on a Thursday like you just you'd never be caught for something to do and my god we made the most of it that year going to gigs it was great <laughs> you lived you live very centrally you were you were very very fortunate, <laughs> Rushy, very fortunate yes oh, <laughs> the anyone, the anyone who texts me be like you're out for a pint and be like I can be in half an hour <laughs> <laughs> for a 20 minute walk yeah yeah <laughs> no but like let's get into more detail about what your craft master role because you, you brought a lot of different uh facets because like you were talking about like Tullamore Jew like do you like innovation, creativity, like you brought some creative uh, points to the craft ambassador. I'll talk about the th things that the, the projects you worked on as a craft ambassador. Yeah. So one of the things that I worked with um was something like, so when I was younger, I was very much like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I still kind of don't. <laughs> but it took me a long time to kind of find a niche where I'm like, I'm really happy with this. Yeah. So one of the things I really wanted to do was that like, I could see like, a lot of the people that we worked with in Dublin, like a lot of them were college students and like Joe, you know, so, so good at what they did and be ashamed to like lose them. Like once they finish college, they should know what other opportunities there are in the company. I started the the thing at the hub, the monthly, um, monthly hub to invite someone from a different part of the company in like marketing or sales or something like that to chat about their career and how they got there. And like my the kind of goal for it wasn't to be like this is what you could be in 30 years time like you know like you know, someone like head of sales or head of mm. like you know, CEO or anything like that like it would be something that was much more achievable in a couple of years you know it was something that they could be like oh that was their clear path of progression and maybe I could do something similar to that so I'm really like passionate about finding people for that and inviting them in 
Um, so yeah, that was something I was really, really proud to be a part of. Well, you were part of a few more projects as well, Roshan. You want to talk about them? Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. I'm like, what else? Uh, so loads of projects. <laughs> you were the face. Remember, like, what were you walking through? Oh, uh, I can't, I can't, you can't walk through an airport without seeing your face. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I no, know. I was asked, I was asked to be the face. No, no one can see my face now. Thank God. <laughs> Big red face, we know. But um, yeah, no. So they um, they they took a few photos um uh, when we were uh, doing some marketing campaigns. I didn't realize mm. they were going to be at the airport. I was told they were for the website and they were for when people came into uh to Bow Street and uh then after they were like it's gonna go to the airport too and I was like okay <laughs> so it was hilarious for for a good few months so people were like I saw you at the airport <laughs> and I was like they'd be taking selfies. I felt very famous. It was great. Um and then there was another one to um. To introduce the the like the uh, Jemison experience of Bow Street to uh, Lizambe, which is the island that Pernery Car kind of gathers at once a year to kind of gather news and exchange ideas for the yeah. next year and celebrate the the past year as well. So it was it was nice to be a part of that um, virtually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really really cool. I was delighted. It was so uh, so chuffed to be to be asked. Do you know, it's something that I always had struggled with. I was like, do you know, I remember being a job um, that I didn't like like all through college and stuff that um that I really should have gotten out of sooner but I just didn't know how to but I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't know mm. how I was kind of what 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 would I even apply for with what I've done you know so it's kind of you can kind of get stuck into that rush easily as well so it's just kind of like maybe maybe this might help um people kind of be like oh this is an option for me too this would be cool so but it's also life experience. I mean, like, what did you do? You go to college, like, what you study if you went, if you went to university or college? Uh, I studied music in college, so I had the the intention on being a teacher when I when I first went to college, and then when I started teaching, like, throughout college, uh, I realized teaching wasn't necessarily for me. Um, I felt bad if a child cried when I was just like, you know, simply asking them to be quieter. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. This is too, too, too much emotional uh, roller coasters for one day. So, <laughs> where did you study teaching? Or sorry, music. Uh, music uh, down in UCC. Nice. Yeah, so it was, it was a nice, nice course. Um, very a lot of freedom to it. Um, and like you could kind of you could make as much of it or as little of it as you wanted to. I probably mm. could have made a lot more of it. Um, but being 19, 20, 21, very, very much focused on the partying side of it. So probably could have done a bit more, but still enjoyed my time there nonetheless. <laughs> no, but as you're saying, like I mean, I went to see you perform as Box Mouse. Uh, your your music side of your your life you know um in workman's yeah so, no that was so nice of you i loved when you came that was so nice but you also done some gigs as well with the company as well but talk about them um gigs with the company i don't remember, remember. The, was it a connect gig or, or was it oh my god yeah he's sorry i'm like totally drawing a blank here like, <laughs> just like no no because i'm thinking um i always get like in my own mind i'm like in bow street so i'm just oh, like that no, wasn't no. bow street so like that's where i'm just like but it wasn't in the episode so look kind no, of, like, no, not no, confusing. No, 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 no. um but uh no sorry so in uh yeah so i did have the gig in workman's but um there was one in the sound house which is a great music venue in um in dublin so that one was also a little bit of a fluke. So Jemison Connects was there and I had had a gig with the Soundhouse the week before and saw all the Jemison Connects fo- photos. And I was like, oh my God, how did you get in on that? That would be class. So I thought it was internal. So I tried to reach out to people um, internally, but it's very hard to figure out who's in charge of what. So mm. um, I, was like, I was like, is this this person? Is it this person? But um, then eventually anyway, so I had the my first gig with Soundhouse and then 
they invited me back to come to come to uh, to watch the the following gig as Jemison Connects. And then I was like, instead of watching it, is there any chance you've got a free slot for a gig? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. So I was the opening act for uh, for Sive Skelly. So that was really, really cool because Sive Skelly actually went on to support uh, Hosier recently as well. Cool. So she also supported Teddy Swims. So um, it was really cool being part of that. And um, like never, never would have copped it. Um, otherwise, like if I hadn't worked for Jemison, I would, probably wouldn't have kind of even noticed it. So it was great. Where was and she they, they do amazing things. Where was she supporting Teddy Swims? Was it in the Academy? Because I know he done a... The Academy, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I went yeah. to see that gig. Yeah, she's very good. Oh, yeah, you were there too. Yeah, we yeah. didn't realize until after, I don't think. I don't think we saw each other. No, no, no. Yeah, we were talking about it the next day. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, because he, recently he had a gig because like he he got through, he, he, had, he got famous through, well, popularity through YouTube because like he was always mm-hmm. doing covers and he has a very soulful voice. He has a big, back, a big background... Um, uh, ensemble with him as well now and i believe he had a gig he's a gig or has a gig or had or has had a gig in olympia now so that's like a step up nearly it's like an, an, oh brilliant yeah olympia's lovely spot yeah really nice and then patrick carney's next to it patrick carney's is a great oh, spot that's the spot that's the spot yeah you missed that, that i'm sure one of my favorite pubs <laughs> in Dublin. I, do you know what my favorite pub in Dublin. I'm just gonna go out and say it. My favorite pub in Dublin. Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay, so that that, that's, <laughs> that saves the question I'll ask later on. So, okay, what are your influences like? Like, who's your kind of uh, influence music wise? So a lot of it would come kind of like, you know, like I love um, I love just really interesting voices. So like, if mm. there's something like in there that's just very like heartfelt or just raw, I absolutely love it. So like. Do you know, like the Cranberries, like Dolores Raiden has always just had the most amazing, unique voice to it. So like just trying to like emulate that in some way without like copying, but like always trying to like emulate like a real kind of interesting quality to her voice. Um, And then like Jerry Cinnamon as well, I absolutely love. I think he just has real like, and it's partly to do with his accent. I think that comes through in his songs. I just think it's so authentic. I love it. Say like um with... Sinead O'Connor, like um, just another musician that is just absolutely phenomenal, was always so authentic and her voice just absolutely out of this world. Like you can't can't imagine a better voice than that. And again, Florence Machine, just another voice who's just beautiful and raw and amazing. So yeah, it's that, those kind of combinations of trying to be authentic but strong but soft and trying to wrap it all up I suppose and when it comes to writing styles like do you like when when you're writing a song does it come from experience or is it just like does it pop into your head like like I was I was, I was listening to like as Chris Martin said it's like music just comes to you it, or, or does it does it does it come from life experiences that you kind of go okay I'm going to I'm going to write start writing and then I'll come, and then I think if, if, it, if it's something I work with, I'll stick with it and I'll start, I'll start developing it as it goes. I, I work both ways. So some like some of the favorite songs that I've written have literally just been like, I'll get like a tiny tune or a tiny phrase in my head and I'll just run with it. And I'm just, it'll be banged out in 20 minutes and it's class. Yeah. And I'm, oh, well, in my, in my head, it's class. And I'm just <laughs> like, it's it's good enough that I might sing it in front of someone is what I mean by class. And I'm like, I'm not embarrassed by this one. Um, And they're like, you know, it's really nice when that happens it doesn't always happen not at all like uh, there's other times where I'm like I'll come up with a phrase and I'll write it down and I'll like I'll come back to that to, to that later and I'll try and develop music around it and they can be harder ones but then probably like maybe a little bit more kind of like oh I feel kind of I've, I've done something here like oh you're just like oh great now I've kind of worked on that and you've kind of got an accomplishment with it that sounds good sometimes that doesn't work at all you could be banging your head against this one phrase and for whatever reason you know what the first kind of musical melody that came out wasn't good 
but you also can't get out of that phrase's connection or link with it. So it's very hard to let it go and be like, just leave that go and stop, like stop flogging a dead horse, basically. Just go on to another spiel or another song or something else to uh to figure. But yeah, it works it works in both ways. Yeah. Um so I I, I kind of jumped in there early a little bit. So Voxmouse, where do you come up with the name Voxmouse for your your uh, your name? Oh, yeah. So vox mouse. So vox is Latin. Um, it means voice, and then mouse. It was my nickname when I was little. So you wouldn't think it now. I was the quietest child when I was younger. So my whole family uh, called me mouse. I was very, very shy, very, very quiet, and uh, hated, hated getting up in front of people. Like I would go, like I'm wearing a red t-shirt, you know, my face would go that exact color, and it would be just so embarrassing. Um, so yeah, so I was just like. Kind of wanted to take ownership of the mouse part and um kind of make it the name. And then so when it's written down, voxes and big letters and mouses and little letters. So kind of trying to try to re- recapture it and reclaim it as my own instead. And any gigs popping up uh, coming up soon for yourself? I don't have a gig uh, just yet. Um, I'm working on getting one um, again, but uh, I do have a single coming out um, on September 29th. It's called Black Diamond. Um, so the song is about um, my, my late uncle who died of cancer when I, was, uh, when I was 10 years old. And the song is kind of about, it's about two things. It's kind of about how, um, how we kind of carry grief through the years, like how do you know, I kind of how I noticed my 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 cousin and my my dad carrying their grief through the years, but then also the realization of my parents aren't invincible. Like you know, like my cousin's dad died, like my uncle died, and like my dad really really looked like my uncle. So I was kind of coming to that realization, like when I was ten, being like, "This is going to happen to my parents someday. Like I'm going to lose them," and it kind of, you know, that kind of anxiety, that fear, that just just awful moment when you kind of understand what death is when you're young so um yeah it was it was one of the first songs I wrote I obviously was not 10 when I wrote it but uh it kind of was one thing it kind of it stuck with me that uh I ended up writing a song when I was I think I was 20 when I wrote that 19 yeah. or 20. yeah I mean like it, it, that's clearly quite emotional for you so it really brought out that emotion so I'm looking forward to I'll look forward to hear that song I'd love to hear it live as well hopefully so if I'm I trying guess. to think, did I play it at that gig? I don't think I did because it goes quite high and I don't think my voice was, um, it, it, it sounds a little bit like it does now. I think I, was, I must have been after a session or something so I chose not to sing it for that workman's gig. Um, but yeah, um, have to be have to be more careful of my voice now if I'm getting more. When you moved down, to, like you moved, you up sticks and moved back down to Cork, you, you continued on working with Jemison down in Middleton. Talk about like your experience down there because well, I didn't, didn't get I didn't see you much I seen you in passing because you're up and down uh, mm. to, to the big smoke you know yeah so I um I moved down to Middleton so I had started my degree um with um with TUD in brewing and distilling so um I was kind of focusing on that so that's why I was up in Dublin so I I I'd call into you all the time I loved I I, I very much couldn't let you go so I was in there every week <laughs> um but yeah I went to Middleton then as a craft ambassador and learn the ropes there like there's so much history in Middleton um that's just it's it's really kind of authentic to see it and kind of walk amongst it uh which is lovely but um it got um I, I was there for five, four or five months um oh no geez no it wasn't that long at all so it was only about two or three months uh so yeah I made the move to Rebel City Distillery then to um 
to become their uh, distillery visitor center manager. So they're a tiny little startup. Uh, they're in the old Ford factory. So again, a lot of history there, which is amazing. Like uh, Ford's history with Cork is really interesting. Um, There was such a connection with Cork people and the Ford factory really led kind of the industrialism of Cork um, and had a huge impact on it. Um, but the distillery is in there now and uh, it's a very small independent uh, company and it's run by a married couple, Robert and Bagia and uh, Robert's master distiller, Bagia is the creative director and the spirits, everything's made in Cork. The ingredients they're gotten from Kerala in India. So they're all sourced from um, women owned farms. So the whole idea of the brand is that it's um, supporting women, it's a female empowerment, which I absolutely love to other, like society's progressed so much that women are able to do so much like our rights have come on so much and in a place like uh, Kerala in India it's it's fantastic to see that um that women are able to own their own businesses there now after their revolution so um yeah so delighted to be uh to be a part of the brand and to be able to uh to help um to help promote it as well which is great so doing their events their um their experiences uh doing a bit of their marketing so kind of similar to the Tullamore Jew job where there's a little bit of everything in there. So it's you'll, uh, a lot of variety. You'll never get bored. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because as a craft ambassador and as myself now, um, yeah. you've lots of variety, but like you have a management role now. So you're, like, you're overseeing. Uh, it's just me at the moment now. So it's kind okay. of building it from the bottom. So we will be taking on new staff um, hopefully in the next couple of months. So they're okay. hiring a sales manager next and looking to, to get more. It'll probably be part-time roles uh, for kind of, you know, people looking for weekend or evening work uh, from students, things like that, I'd say, at the start. To and build do, up. do you run the experiences? We do. Yeah. So okay. every single one. Yeah. So we do loads. We do uh, we do our distillery tours. We do cocktail classes tipsy tea which is like a little afternoon tea and uh we do chase the fairy which is ireland's only absinthe experience so uh no one else is making an absinthe but us so it's kind of cool did you have your fingers in that pie or or, or, or is it all um, no it was all, all done already oh, was it had some flair to it yeah <laughs> but uh no it was um it, it was it uh oh sorry the event i um i kind of conceptualized all right but not the not the product oh no of course not yeah like the events like, like i was looking you have tipsy tea there's another one as well uh the fairy the fa- what's yeah the, the fairy yeah the, yeah, the yeah. fairy and it's uh there's festival and fork or fork and a festival or a festival fork. Cork, Cork and a Fork. Cork that's, and a Fork. Uh, Cork that's and a all fork. around Cork, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. all around Cork. That's um, it's a great initiative to kind of get people down to Cork because we're really trying to solidify uh, Cork as the uh, the food capital of Ireland. So um, yeah, it's a great festival. I think it started last year, and uh, it's a great initiative to get every single bar or restaurant on board to um to do that. It's great. What about um, I know it's Robin Baggy's kind of brainchild, but like what, like, like the idea behind like producing absinthe and gin. So, like, from speaking to them, why absinthe versus like other spirits? Um, so they wanted something niche that no one else mm. was doing, like, they wanted to come out with a bang, and also they've they're huge fans of the arts themselves. Yeah. Um, so absinthe has long had kind of that connection with the arts, so it's a really unique thing to do and kind of made a splash. and it's it's one award as well, so um it is great a great idea to uh, to come up with it and it's really really nice. So I I think everyone has that kind of traumatic experience of absinthe where you were sixteen or seventeen, your friend went on holidays to Prague or Spain or Amsterdam and they came back with a bottle of absinthe that was bright green, 
80 percent you all yeah, drank yeah, it up yeah. one night and the next day you don't remember a thing and you never touched absinthe again i think that's kind of the irish collective trauma slash experience um so we kind of try to deconstruct that trauma and uh bring kind of a more pleasant experience and like some of the cocktails we've uh we've come up with um they're really really tasty and like you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be like kind of one of those shot drinks that you know you're kind of enduring rather than enjoying you can enjoy it in beautiful cocktails as well which is great it's more bottle strength i noticed uh some of the it is yeah because 80 percent is it's not just it's like not yeah you're not gonna do 80 percent is never really going to be enjoyable for anyone uh so this one is 50.4 so like for someone listening in, like about like wondering what, what absent is like what is absent how is it produced like so it's um it's a herb based spirit um mm. so the main ingredient is wormwood um which would have been a common plant found on uh mainland europe and um so wormwood's latin name is uh, artemisia absinthium and then followed by aniseed which we'd all know so we all put a little bit of um we all we all have a little bit of aniseed uh, around Christmas time, star anise or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally fennel. So the three of them would make a really nice uh, herbal spirit. Um. So yeah, it's kind of a it's an interesting one. It's good. And the gin. What type of gin? What type of the gin, the gin they focus on? So the gin. Um. So every gin has to have juniper berries. If mm. you don't have that, you're not a gin at all. Yeah. Um. And then coriander closely follows. So they're kind of partners in crime in a sense. Uh, coriander being the majority of gins. And then after that, then that's where their similarities with most other gins end. Uh. That's where we go kind of into Kerala's flavors. So Kerala's flavors would be um um. They'd be more like the we've got the pomelo, which is the largest citrus fruit in the world. Uh, quite quite similar in flavor to the grapefruit. It's very deep. It's very heavy. Um, then cardamom, which we kind of sweet spiciness. Uh, we've got cassia, which is a lovely sweet. It's very very similar to uh to cinnamon. Um, it's actually cousin of cinnamon, but it's a bit lighter. And then finally we've got uh nutmeg mace, which gives. You know how Irish whiskey, pot still whiskey, the unmalted barley gives that lovely creamy silkiness. Nutmeg mace does that to the gin. So that lovely creaminess, but also gives a lovely pine kind of flavor as well. So it's a really, really unique, interesting gin. Uh, what, what kind of, what, what's, what's your specialties in cocktails on, on the gin side? I love gin. Um, Gin. So any, any cocktail like that has gin in it, like you mm. can absolutely go for. Um, Like I'm very much, I just love a good gin and tonic like, um, yeah. but uh, martini is absolutely gorgeous. Like a bit of, a bit of vermouth, you can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I started doing this beverage series because I work in in the beverage and spirits industry. So do you, and it's one of these industries you get into, and you just kind of deep dive into so much history and so much mm. like to learn about. Uh, you know, from the very start when I'm speaking to you, like progression, and and you see the passion that flows through you. You know, and everyone in the industry has that because you have to have that. You know, yeah. There's so much to learn and so much knowledge to 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 grasp. Really absolutely and you know? every brand has their own story so it's mm. so nice so what would be your um what would be like okay so you can't you can't name an idl product so, <laughs> come on yeah so, yeah you're not allowed so okay go my favorite story yeah or favorite favorite brands taste or anything like that brand story uh <laughs> see the thing is i've i like the story of sandemans have you ever been to sandemans uh, I haven't been to them, but I've heard of them. Yeah, I, San- I love their port. Sandman's just like Jemison was founded by a Scotsman. Was and, it? Yeah, it's got, it's got a lot of Scots people who who've kind of traveled the world and brought you know, spirits and all sorts to the world. You know, 
Okay, uh, yeah. The TV. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, George Sandman, he started out, uh, one of his, his side hustle was selling sherry door to door in Dublin. In Dublin. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that, He's like, I wish I had a sherry man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I have a milkman. Well, you, do you have a milkman? Jeez, I thought no, they were. No. I thought they were thinking of past. Proper country. <laughs> <laughs> <Potter> Ted. <laughs> I'd love to get to Scotland and explore. Have you done much exploration of, of different distilleries? I know you went to Scotland there a while ago and you checked out some distilleries, did you? We did. We went um, all around Scotland. It was brilliant. Um, to now we love the space age whiskies. Mm, um, yeah, me and my partner. So yeah, we um we like I love Balvenie 14 year Caribbean cask is yes. best Scottish whiskey of all time it's brilliant but um it was hilarious so we we had the car and now Scotland Scottish distilleries they're all around and they're very rural yeah. but they anticipate that people are driving so while Sean had unfortunately caught the, the short straw he had to be the driver they were all little bottles for him to take away which was quite nice um so we were all able to we were both ex- able to experience all it all but uh, yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. And jeez, uh, I, I listen to any Scottish person. I love a Scottish accent. So I just there, <laughs> keep talking yeah. about whiskey to me. <laughs> ah, there's, there's so much to deep dive. I mean, like I'd love to get the bourbon and check out the trail. There's so much That's different great. bourbons, the history of bourbon, even like the the underhandedness and and, and the shadiness, and then also the, the 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 uniqueness to it as well. You know, and the fact that we can use barrels and all that. Like, do you mm. have any do you have any aged gins at all uh, down in um, Rebel City? We don't yet. I know they are looking to potentially do a barrel aged gin, all right, but um, not not quite yet. No, no. But sometime soon. Oh yeah, look, as you said, like how long how long is Rebel City opened? Um, not long. So they they launched the Maharani Gin in two thousand and twenty. So just before the pandemic. So it's kind of been like it's only last year now they launched the visitor center. Um, so it is it is going like from strength to strength, but it is um. It is still quite young as well. And locationally, see, I don't know Cork that well. Is it in the in the city centre? Like you said, it, you said it's in an old Ford. Very thing. central. So it's actually um, it's it's by so if anyone's uh, visiting Cork, it's by the Marina Market. It's in the visiting centre or sorry, the business centre uh, right next door to that. So it's like a fifteen minute walk from Cork City. So it's really really central. Uh, yeah, I must check it out. I mean, like I said, I don't really don't know Cork, Cork that well. It's it's a city I've 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 been there a few times for sure in Middleton mm. and all. of course I'm from Dublin so I'd know Dublin more for sure but yeah uh, yeah I definitely like to get down there because like there's so much Cork like and I think look you are you're from Cork you always like Cork you, like I know you say you love Dublin but yeah look, let's be honest. yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay so we're gonna wrap it up because I I don't want to take too much of your time I know you're busy um. God. And you were saying that you're like you are kind of start you are you are part of the building project of Rebel City sort of thing, um, yeah. And there's, we, there's, we have loads to come. We do have yeah. plans for uh, for an Irish whiskey, plans for a rum, oh, okay. other things up our sleeve as well. Okay. So uh, right. we'll we we'll keep you posted. We'll, we'll watch that space, okay? Uh, yeah. so, so okay, so I'm gonna ask you a few, just a few. I always like to finish off a few questions. Uh, okay. Guest. Okay. Let's just talk about. Okay. So let's go. Let's go Dublin Core because these are the two places that you've spent in the last year or so. Okay, right. So, your favorite pub or bar in, in Cork? Go. In Cork, favorite bar, Fionn Bars. Where's that? So, Fionn Bars is on Douglas Street, very central. Um, So, like five, five minutes from city center walking. It's great. And why? It does just like really chill vibes. So, you could be outside, there's always dogs in there. It's a dog friendly pub. I love my dogs. Um, 
it's uh, it's great great little spot I absolutely love it and great points as well great point of Beamish in there do you have a dog now? I don't no still a oh. family dog who I go up to visit every every second day I'd say we, <laughs> we, all, we all know Jake he's kind of like a fox though we just have him down for a dog just so we don't get given out <laughs> he's actually a fox okay so let's flip it so go to Dublin so favourites apart from Pat because you've already said that so what's mm-hmm. your okay second favorite pub in Dublin? Second favorite pub in Dublin is hmm, I um oh what's it called um uh oh Donahue's. It's by Stephen's Green. It's close by it. there, so I love O'Donoghue's. So it does a, it does, my, does, yeah, it's very it's good. What? It does a decent toasty. It's very good. Does it? I yeah, didn't get toasty yeah, there now, yeah, but yeah, it does, it's does. where um. It's where like Luke Kelly and the lads used to, to play and stuff. So my dad mm-hmm. told me I was out with my dad one day. He came up um, and he was like, did you know Luke Kelly is the second there? And I was like, what? So then that from then on, I started going there. I loved it. Yeah, it was an, it was a haunt for all the, the folk singers at the time. Yeah, and it still does. Day. Like they still have yeah. great little sessions. In there, there is, love. yeah. It'd, it'd be wedged in there. I've been in there many times. You, you couldn't even yeah. get a standing position. I'm in a fucking seating position, you know? I know, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I've never been there super late. I've always kind of gone there for like, you know, kind of the day points going into mm. the evening points. Yeah. Well, it has been super, super cramped yet. I <laughs> know, uh, no, no. You're lucky, you're lucky. Okay, so favorite, okay, favorite artists, whether music, virtual, uh, visual, film, whatever. Favorite artist. From Cork and Dublin. Oh. Or just in general. Just in general, in general. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna, I'm not gonna pick a pick a Okay, so just uh, just a favorite they have to be Irish. Music artists now or what? Any kind of artist. Any artist. Someone who inspires right. you every day. Oh, every day. Jesus, that's tough. Um, <laughs> Jesus, can't be doing that to me. Um, I know, do you know what? Um, I know I mentioned him just now, but Luke Kelly, like, um, I just, I love the Dubliners so much. And like, Luke Kelly, just, our parents used to always just look, look, play mm. him all the time. And like, they were always like, Jesus, great enunciation. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. And he, like, just so musical. Like, everything is melodious. Like, everything has a point And just... Everything. He's just absolutely brilliant. He was. He spoke so well. You're right. He spoke so well for like like those lads were Bowsies. Dublin or not. Like, like Bowsies. <laughs> t- no, like a little bit, you know, drinking and having the crack. But whenever I hear score not his simplicity, it always gets Oh, me. yeah. Always. Oh, or Raglan Road, yeah. any of them. Yes. Uh, yeah. My, okay. my favorite lyric actually is yeah. from him. Um, the the um, Raised on Songs and Stories. I think that's mm. one of my favorite lyrics. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, so favorite place, uh, favorite place in the world. Ooh, um, Milos in Greece. I think that was that's my fave, definitely. Great, great little island. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. If you if, if um dream place to gig. So if you if you if you said Fox Mouse, we got a gig for you. Where would you like? Where, where would you like to gig? Like as a dream gig place. Glastonbury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love a festival. Have you been to Glastonbury? No, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. It's, it's nearly impossible to get tickets. They have some sort know, of betting yeah. system and all sorts. It, that's why it's so good because not all the riffraff gets in. You know what I mean? That's it. Um, okay, just one, me. <laughs> just you, just totally. you, just you. Okay, uh, one last one. Uh, okay, favorite favorite place to visit in Ireland? It's all the court. Oh, any, anywhere in Kerry. I love Kerry. Anywhere? Um, yeah, Derry Nan Beach is a favorite of mine. Absolutely love it. Is that down like south south, like southwest? Derry Nan, it's um no, it's um it's kind of like I actually don't you know what I always I always have to Google um how to get to it. I've only been there a couple of times, but I just absolutely love it. Um it's kind of 
in one of the peninsulas where you kind of like you'd go on along mm. the drive by Glen Bay, but then you'd eventually Bear up and you'd yeah. go further and further and you'd get down to, to Derrynan eventually. I love Kerry too. I do. I was, I, I've not explored much of it, but I like Valley Bunyan there last year or two years ago. Was oh, it's a great spot. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And the weather was good. Yeah. Like there you go. A... Can't be Kerry on a good day, but <laughs> no, 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 no. We had a summer in June. Hopefully, oh, look, it's like it was twenty degrees today. It I'm was lovely it. today. I'm actually just looking out at it now. It was stunning. Right, Roshi, I'm going to let you go. Um, hopefully, if you're up in Dublin, uh, pop in and say hello. And uh... magic. Thank you so so much, Shane. Thanks so much for having me on. It was right, such Ro- a <laughs> you, you too, Roshi. And uh, I'll hope we talk to you soon. Okay, <laughs> okay. Talk to you, Roshi. Thanks a million, Shane. I'll see you, Roshi. And that was Roshi and Barry. Uh, she is the experience manager in Rebel City Distillery in Cork, uh, a new startup in Cork that produces absinthe and gin. But she has her own, own story to tell and I wanted to finish off with her because I only met her for a short time in my my beverage and spirits uh, beverage spirits and beverage career and working up in Dublin with herself. But she really made an impact on myself and the rest of the team and I wanted, wanted to bookend it. So I had Owen, Owen Cooney, who also a former colleague to open up the beverage season and close out when I finish off with a former colleague who as well had uh, an impact on myself as well. And uh, just to learn about her story and where she is, now, what, she, what she's up to now and the plans that Rebel City has and Roshin's plan as well, as well as being a musician and creative person and um, just a, a good soul you know so uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode this has been episode 10 the last episode of the season I think I'm going to wrap it up now uh, if you want to listen back and dine out on the previous episodes please do uh, be my guest um, I'm going to take a little bit of a break for a while and strategize a bit more and, and come up with a, 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 a new, new season but I have, I have to think about this a little bit and I'll get on it again and we'll come up with another uh, another, another t- a topical season to talk about and um, I hope you enjoyed this episode my name is Shane this podcast is called Heartlines and remember you're always welcome here at Heartlines take it easy and bye bye <laughs>